Amen. You excited about fall? Huh? You're already shaking your head no for you. You better get excited because guess what? It's coming whether you want it or not. Right? This next week's going to be awesome. They say it's going to be like in the 80s. It's going to be, you know, dude, is that cool? No, that's warm. And, and it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be beautiful. But you, but you know what? The, uh, with fall comes other things. And, and you know, but, I mean, but we're back in school and life's kind of, kind of begins to calm down just a little bit. And then other things stir up. And, and, and uh, here's the deal is that you have this moment to prepare for what's coming next right? For what's coming next. And that's what God's doing in us, isn't it? Is he's, he, he's not working on you for where you are. He's working on you for where he's taken you. He's working on you for what is next. And in Isaiah, you know, it says, hey, everything I've said up to this point has come to pass. Now let me announce what's next. God wants to talk to you about what's next. And there's great, there's great insight to that, if you can get it, that if God's talking to you about what's next, then he's not done with you yet. Right. Then, then, you know what, we haven't reached the end. Uh, we, we haven't been, you know, such a failure that we shouldn't be looking forward to the future. No, God wants you to, God wants you to understand that he's, he's, he's gone to the end already. He declared your end uh, or your beginning from the end. He, and and, and he's, he's got this thing. He, he's, he's, he's carved the path out. He's gone ahead of you. He's, he's prepared things, made them ready for you, and he's getting ready for something awesome that's coming. But you got to get over your history so that you can collide with your possibilities. See, your possibilities are greater than your histories. Okay? You might carry some stuff from the past, and it might be heavy-duty stuff. And I'm telling you, most of us in here, most of us have made a couple of mistakes along the way. And, and most of us have done some things that were wrong, had some wrong thoughts, said some wrong things. And, and a, lot of, a lot of us, can we just get real? A lot of us, that's happened since we got in the parking lot. Okay. It's not like we have to look way back to find our faults and our failures. We, we could just, you know, just look around. And, and so a lot of times we start getting a little glimpse of what it is that God's leading us to, but then there's a bigger image, a much more clear picture of how messed up and screwed up we are and, and why we probably aren't going to collide with, and we start letting stuff talk us out of what God's trying to talk us into. Okay? And we start letting go of what God's trying to put in our possession because of who we are. And, and, and there's, just a, there's just a little image. I just, I just want you to see it real quick. And I'm going to get Jonathan and, and, and hey, bring, bring him with you, okay? And uh, Francisco, right? Okay, now, now today, uh, you, you brought your imagination, right? Because you, Hello? Okay, you're going to need to use it, okay? Enlighten the eyes of our imagination that we can see this picture you're trying to show us. Okay, God, we'll stop and pray for a minute because it's going to take some imagination because uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, take a good look at him. And a lot of you guys know Jonathan and, uh, you know, Jonathan's been growing up in the house for quite a while. And so uh, I just got to tell you something. We all know stuff about you, buddy. You stand there and look as awesome as you want. Nobody said talk, shut up. And, and uh, you know, we, we know stuff, we know stuff. But, but we're going to look at him today, and he's gonna, he's gonna, this is going to be big. You think it's big for you? It's going to be huge for him. We're going to look at him. He represents God. Okay? Everybody say God. God. Okay? So uh, he's God. If people bring you gifts today. Okay. Okay. So he's God. It won't take near as much imagination here. But he represents Jesus. Okay? He's Jesus. See, and, and here's the deal, is that we come to God, and the Bible says that the only way to God is 
through the Son. Right? So God's way. There's only one way. And so, you know, you know what? If any man be in Christ... So when you're in Christ, see, when you're in Christ, uh, uh, old things, they lose their grip, and a brand new life begins. And, and you, you're, you've embarked on a brand new life. And Paul even said, it's not I that live, but it's Christ who's living through me. And I, I now live the life. Man, I got real life, but, it, but it's in him. And the Bible says that if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. See, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, that we know he hears us. And a lot of times when we get to that part, anything according to his will, we act as if we might ask for the wrong thing, because what if that's not in his will? And, and, and so we're looking at the what, but really what, what you want to look at is the how. See, if you ask according to his will, how does God want us to approach him? With confidence. We come boldly into the throne room of grace, right? So you don't get into the throne room of grace without a spirit of boldness on your life, right? From from the days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. You got to have some confidence in your life. Right? You got to build a confidence. And so if we ask anything according to his will, well, that's with confidence. Well, where does confidence come from? We already talked about it, it, it just in the prelim part of the message, right? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God. You get the word of God, your faith, your confidence begins to elevate. And then you, okay, man, I'm going to go to God now because he, he said, he, he said that if, whosoever shall say, and I doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. But that demands some confidence. But what the enemy's trying to do, see, if God's talking to you about what's next, then you could say what's next is your calling. Okay, so you're calling, well, I'm going to be a, a, you know, a, a, a world-renowned evangelist. That's cool. That's more like destiny. But your calling is out of darkness, where you don't know what to do, into light, where he's, you're being led by the Spirit, and you, you, man, he's, he's talking to you about what's next. I mean, we're talking about now. Hello, somebody. Are, are you with me? I mean, because I think sometimes we, we you know, we, we think about our future as if it's 100 years out there, and we think about our past like, like right now, I mean, I screwed up in the parking lot, and, and that's going to mess up where God's taken me 25 years. Listen, God wants you to collide with what's next. What's next, it, your future doesn't begin five years from now. Dude, it's, it's like we're in it. Here we go. And so I got, I got to step out of my past and into the future that God has for me. But, but I got to quit allowing the enemy. See, the enemy, it, the enemy can't touch your calling. I said the enemy cannot touch your calling. So if he can't touch your calling, what's he do? He attacks your confidence. Because if he can attack your confidence, then you won't step into or walk in your calling. Why? Because it dem- your calling demands confidence. We're not talking about arrogance. We're talking about confidence. Man, and, and, and so I need to know, so that if I ask anything according to his will, well, his will is that I'd ask with confidence. It's the, it's the how, not really the what. Man, it, can, can I just tell you that if, that if you ask for the wrong thing, I mean, if the Bible says you ask and don't receive because you ask wrong, you're asking, that's, that's your own desire. But yet you, you almost instantly know that, don't you? I mean, you know, there comes a point in your journey that you actually don't need like a Bible scholar to follow you around and point out the little errors that you've made in your prayer request. You already know when you're on the highway praying that that guy in front of you dies. Okay, we know that that's not a God desire. 
But, 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 but when you go to God and you know, man, this is a God thing and you can ask in confidence, well, the enemy, he gets you to looking at you. He wants you to make it about you. He, so he starts talking to you about your mistakes, about your failures, about your shortcomings, about the, the, you know, the time you caved in, the time you gave up, the time that you quit, the time that you walked out, the time that you fell down, the time that you. But here's the problem is that when God looks to you, he doesn't see you. He has to look through him. So God sees him. So when I go to the Father in Jesus' name, then I, I'm talking to God through the Son, and God's dealing with the Son. And how many of you know that God ain't in the mood to hold back from his Son? See, if you make this about you, this is why your confidence isn't in you. See, when you start losing confidence, it's because you're thinking more highly now about you. And you're thinking, no, I'm not thinking highly about me. I'm thinking little about me. Well, see, pride, hey, give these guys a hand. Thank you for coming to church today. See John walk off a swagger? I'm God. Okay. That was only while you were up here. You're no longer there. Okay. Where was I at? Hmm? You're all saying different stuff. How many places, how many places was I? <laughs> See, pride. We think pride is thinking too highly of ourselves. Pride is thinking too often of yourself. See, when you, when you think of yourself and how weak you are and how poor you are and how you know, enabled you are and what a mistake you are, and you're thinking about your mistakes and your failures, you're in pride. Because you think about you. It's easy to lose confidence in you. But your confidence is in him. Hello, somebody. That if you can put your confidence in, in, in God and, and, and the fact that, man, God knows what he's doing. He knew that you were going to mess up. That's why he sent Jesus. And now, now, now when we approach the Father, we come with boldness. Why? Because I don't stand here on my own behalf. You're not looking at what I've done. You're looking at what Jesus did. You're looking at the work that he did that has positioned me. I'm now seated in heavenly places in him. And so I can have great confidence. Hebrews 10.35 puts it this way. He says, don't throw away your confidence it, which is going to be really highly rewarded. Don't, don't let go of your confidence. Don't, don't let the enemy steal your confidence. Just make sure that you haven't put your confidence in you. If you build your confidence in him, let me tell you something. It's easier to hang on to. So don't let go of the confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Look at 36. For all you need, all you, I know what you think you need. I need more money. I need a new house. I need a new spouse. I need a new job. I need a new this. No, you need patience. And patience isn't the ability to wait a long time. Patience is the ability to remain unchanged regardless of time. That the situation doesn't change you. Matter of fact, that's what confidence is. If you study out confidence, confidence is the ability to boldly speak without changing your story. So you begin to speak what God said, and you don't back off of it because of a situation. Why? Well, because God's word has never failed. No word of God ever returns to him void without accomplishing the very purpose for which he sent it forth to accomplish. He said, let there be light. Boom, the lights came on. You know, I'm telling you, man, you can have confidence in the word of God. 
You're going to have confidence. That's why you need to hear God's word so that the faith grows, so that you get the confidence, right? And so we all have to deal with this confidence. We are all, you know, we're all facing the same challenge, and that's the enemy wants to attack our confidence. Your confidence is under attack. Okay, it's everybody in the room. Let, let me tell you something. It, the devil can't touch your calling, so he's going to attack your confidence. How's he going to attack your confidence? Through pressure. And everybody in here is dealing with pressure, from the youngest to the oldest. There's no, there's no gender separation on pressure. There's, there's no racial separation. There's not a demographic that, that's free from pressure. Everybody's dealing with pressure. If you're single, you have to deal with pressure. You still single? Some of you are being pressured to, to get a divorce. You still with that jack wagon? Some of you are being pressured to, to have grandkids. Hey, What's up? Yeah, we're all dealing with pressure, right? We're all dealing with pressure. And, and, and see, it's one thing to have confidence, isn't it? It's one thing to have confidence because, you know, you, you elevate. You get a certain amount of confidence and you begin to feel good about stuff. But, but confidence, man, uh, well, here's, here's, here's the deal. Chris, I, bet, uh, I, I actually believe you could do this. I think, how many of you believe Chris could kick a 35-yard field goal? Shoot. I think Berta could do it quicker than you could, but, but I think you could do it, right? I think we take him out there and, and we give him a few shots at it, and, and he's got it made. But, but, but what if there's two seconds left, you're down by two, uh, you have, I don't know, 100,000 screaming fans and millions of viewers on TV, and, 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 and the Oregon Ducks uh, ice you the first time, and uh, what if you're right down to the end and you play for Stanford and, and it's Saturday night and, and now all of a sudden we're going to find out if you have confidence under pressure because winning and losing the game's not determined when there ain't no game on, right? It's when you're in the heat of the moment, right, Kevin? It's when you're in the heat of the moment. And, and, and people, you know, spirit-filled, Bible-thumping believers praying against you. You, you know, because I promise you, last night, Kevin was praying against that kicker. And, and he was speaking faith confessions against him. And, you know, and sometimes you're the, you know, you're out there and it seems like everybody's against. How do you do with confidence under pressure? Yeah, you, you're all excited about marriage. When the spouse comes home and announces that they just got a pay increase, that they just got a promotion and it came with a car, and, and, and the kids, by the way, are on the honor roll, and guess what? The in-laws are buying us our dream house. It's, that's an easy moment to be excited about that marriage, but what, wait a minute, same marriage, but the guy comes home early because he lost his job, because he wrecked his car on the way to the jail to pay the bail for the kid that stole the in-laws' investment money. You know, you know, where's your confidence under pressure? How do you do under 
pressure. You, you, have to, you have to build this confidence before the pressure hits. You can't wait for the pressure to hit and learn how to build your confidence. You got you to get it built before the stuff hits the fan. Because let me tell you something, everybody, that the enemy, the enemy doesn't want you to win and he's coming after your confidence and the only thing he's got to use to get it is pressure. So don't be surprised when in the middle of life, pressure comes. See, we all, we all act like, hey, man, man, I just, like, like what I need to do is just take a break. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. There's just too, too much pressure. What about the Trent Act? In, 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 in like 1990, early 1990s, remember when Firestone had a little issue and uh, tires were blowing off of cars and, and, and cars were losing control, people were getting hurt. And so they, they, they had the Trent Act, which meant that from 2007 on, that all cars made in and sold in America had to have TPMS, tire pressure monitoring system, uh, because we're going to monitor, monitor the pressure, because if, if the pressure balance is off from the cargo weight, then, then we're going to have a problem. But see, the problem with with a blowout is not the fact that the pressure is too great. It's because the pressure's too low. See, the greater the, the payload, the, the, you have to increase the, the tire pressure because if the load gets to be more than the structure of the pressure that it's producing, then it will blow out. See, if the blessings of life are greater than the character that's been developed to stand up against the pressure. See, you, you don't want, I, I know you think you want, I, I just need to get out from under the pressure. No, what you want to do is you, you actually, you, you want to find this balance because you, you actually need the pressure so you don't explode. Right, because when 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 you know uh, uh, when when pressure comes, right, when, when the pressure of life comes, how do you know the pressure of life is coming? And and, and you don't ain't got confidence, and, and so you, so your 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 psi is off because you, you haven't built the confidence. You have, you've got to build the confidence before the pressure hits. See, a lot of us are waiting for the warfare to start to, to really understand how we need to prepare. No, it's not about the warfare. It's about how ready are you for, for the blessing of life that's coming your way. Because when you get more of what you do want, you're also going to get more of what you don't want. Hello, somebody. You know, you, you, you're going you're gonna to collide with things. You're going to collide with things that, that, that are going to, you're going to think it's about the thing. No, it's about how ready are you on the inside. How, how equipped are you? And see, for, for believers, let me just tell you something. For believers, uh, you, you actually have added pressure. Added pressure that, that a non-believer doesn't have. Uh, especially in a circle, you know, where, where, the, where, you know, where Bible people, with word people, faith people. Because you're under pressure. Not only, not only do you have the pressure of life, but now you have the pressure to pretend. You have the pressure to, pre to pretend because uh, anybody ever just been like on the verge of losing it? And look at all the liars that kept their hands down. Uh, you know, there are moments, there are moments, hey, say this with me. Say, God is good, God is good. All, the time. all the time and all the time, all the time. God, is good. God is good. Now look at your neighbor and say, I'm not God. I'm not God. That should liberate somebody. 
Because, you know, yeah, God's good. God's consistent. But everybody, there have been moments in my life, and yeah, as I grow, they get fewer and fewer. That's kind of the point, right, is that we grow. Hey, you can honk at me now. Not a big deal. But, man, a few years ago, you honked at me, you're going to visit, right? <laughs> you know, people would honk at me, and I'd speak in a tongue that did not need interpretation. Okay, I'm just telling you. And, uh, now, I've grown past that, but, there, but, there's, but there's situations in life, you know, that, that, that just, and, 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 and believers, what we have a tendency to do is, is fall, you know, victim to the pressure to pretend that everything's cool when it ain't, that, that, that we got it together when we're losing it. And, and what we do is we use a uh, fake faith and then wonder why it ain't working. And we make all kinds of confessions, and we do all kinds of spiritual-looking stuff, but the reality is our heart, we haven't developed the, 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 the confidence on the inside that's, that's real. You know, Paul wrote, and he said, here's what we must do, guys. Uh, he said, we must teach people to have genuine love, a good conscience, and true faith. True faith, N not fake faith, not imitation faith. See, when you're, it's one thing to be around somebody and learn faith. It's another thing to try to imitate their faith. And then you imitate what they were doing and it ain't working for you. Because, well, why? Because faith comes by hearing. And not, it's not hearing what Fredo heard. Faith comes from you hearing what God says and God speaking to you. And so you have to be in a position, you, you know, you, you, have this, you have this responsibility now. I, I got I to grow my confidence. Why? Because pressure's coming. I'm not, I'm not silly. Man, I, I get it. Life's going to be full of pressure. But uh, I, to, to deal with that pressure, I'm going to build my confidence so that the blessing of life never outgrows the character and, and the structure that's been developed in my life. And Jesus actually, you know, man, he dealt with some stuff too. And, and he showed us so many places, but, but we should, let's look at one. Let's look at, look at Matthew and uh, Matthew 26. And we'll just read through this kind of fast, okay? Jesus uh, with them, the disciples, he went into a place. Everybody say a place. Uh, can I just tell you something that uh, there's different, you know, in, in other gospels where it says to his commonplace or, or as it was his custom. It, this wasn't the first time he went to this place. He's going up the mountain to pray, and it's not his first time. No, he, he, has, he has built a place where he communes with God. You need to build a place. You want to build your confidence, then you need to build a place where you hang out with God. Okay? You need to build it into your life. I highly recommend that you start setting up appointments, you and Holy Ghost, and you just sit down and have coffee and let the Holy Spirit talk to you about the Word of God and so it can grow your confidence in your life. And Jesus took him to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to the disciples, you guys sit here. I'm going to go up there, and I'm going to pray. And he took with him Peter and two of the sons, James and John. And can, can you imagine that picture? Can you, hey, can you imagine that picture? You've got 12 guys with you. You get to a certain spot. Okay, you guys hang out. I'm going to go pray. Hey, Peter, James, John, you're coming with me. And Bartholomew, you, you know somebody, excuse me, excuse me, should I come with you? No. Uh, hey, do we, do we get to go? No. You guys hang here. Why? Because when the pressure increases, the circle decreases. And some of you guys need to get this, that not everybody in your world is equipped to handle the pressure on your life. And, and, and that's why Facebook is killing a bunch of you. Because you take your high-pressure stuff and share it with a bunch of people who are already imploding 
and you're looking for wisdom, now you ain't going to find it out there. I said, you're not going to find it out there. And so, so you, you got to build a place where you can connect with God, and you got to build a circle that, 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 that'll have your back. Now, let me just tell you something. Uh, what I need in my life is, is I, I don't need guys that are constantly flipping out answers. No, I'm going to hear from God. But I, I just kind of want guys that, hey, here's the deal, is we're going up here, and there's a group of people coming to kill me, okay? And so I kind of need you guys to have my back, because I need to hear from God. I'd like to connect with God before I connect with the haters. So I just need you to have my back, okay? I just need you, just need you to be there. And, and, and he took with him, and, and he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And, and then he said to them, my soul is exceeding sorrow, even unto death. Terry here, watch with me. Look at 39. And he went a little further, fell on his face. He prayed, and he's talking to God. And he says, man, if it's possible, if it's possible, if it's possible, man, I know the possibilities are bigger than history, so I, I'm focusing on possibilities here. Man, I'd like this cup to pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And he came came back to the disciples and found them asleep. And he says, hey, you know, we're not on a long trip. Think you guys get, and they're like, do you know how steep that hill was? Dude, that's a steep hill. It's interesting to me because the people who came to him in their storm and woke him up and said, don't you care? We're dying. The same people Sleep during his storm. Now, I only bring it up for this. This is going to happen. Because people are never going to be as passionate about your calling as you are. They can't. Why? It ain't their calling. It's yours. Hey, guys... Could you hang out with me for an hour? Come on. Remember how I, remember how I dealt with your situation? Come on, help me deal with mine. And, and, and 41. And so he, he, he went and, and uh, uh, he, you know, he says this, this nice thing to him. I know, okay, we're going to go on just because of time. 42. And he went away again, second time, prayed, and he's talking about this cup. And, and I just got to throw this out there to you because this cup thing's kind of important. Because, you know, in, in this era, anytime you're getting ready to get rid of a king, what do you do? Well, you poison him. You put something in the cup, he drinks from the cup, he's gone. Okay, that's why they had cup bearers. Okay, the king would have a cup bearer because uh, uh, before he'd drink anything, he'd have the cup bearer drink it, and then he'd, he'd, he'd kind of keep it. It'd be like me, you know, hiring Nate. Nate, drink this. <laughs> Let's give that about 15 minutes and we'll be back, okay, buddy? Man, sure glad you're with me. And, and well, well, why is that? Well, because the king couldn't trust anybody. He couldn't have confidence in anybody around him because anybody that wanted to promote, all they had to do was kill him. Well, Jesus is getting ready to drink a cup, and he knows what's in the cup. Man, he, he's got to take a cup, and he's like, man, if I drink this cup, I'm a goner. So, I, and I know you're going to resurrect me, but I, I'm going to have to have confidence under pressure. So I, I just need to talk this through and make sure that this is the route we're going. I need, I need to hear clearly. And, and look, at, look at 43. And, and he came and found him asleep again. Everybody say again. again. And what's crazy is three times, again, again, and again. And, and, and their eyes are heavy. And there's always an excuse, 44. And he left them and went away and prayed the third time. And he said the same words. And, and then he came and, and said, hey, go ahead. Go ahead and rest. You need, a, you need a mattress pad. You want me to run down the hill and get a camper and drag it up here for you? You guys, you guys chill and just take it easy. Okay? And he's not upset with them. 
Why? Because, well, aren't they there to support him? No, well, no, nah, he, he just didn't want to be alone. Ever had a moment? You just, you just don't want to be alone, right? But here's the thing is that he knew that these guys are not his source of strength. These guys are not, everybody say, not his strength. Did I, did I give you this story in, a, in a, one of the other Gospels? Luke, you got Luke? Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, as he was accustomed, and the disciples followed him. Uh, he came to, came to the place, it was the place, not just any place, but the place, and, and, he, and he talked to him about praying with him in 41, and he was withdrawn, about, and he knelt down and he prayed. 42, and Father, your will be done, not my will. 43, and the angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. 44, and he, he prayed, and his sweat became great drops of blood. Okay, now here's the thing. I don't think I've ever noticed this really before. Because I always jump to sweating drops of blood. Man, we're talking about agony, okay? Sweating drops of blood. But if you go back, did, did, you, did you notice that in like 43? And an angel appeared and strengthened him. How did I miss that? I don't think that was in the movie. Remember when old Mel Gibson was doing The Passion of Christ? I don't, I don't think that was in there. How are we ever going to know our Bible if Mel can't get it right? <laughs> the angel came, and, and just talking with God about it, and he's like, yeah, you, see, you have a tendency to look immediately to the sweat and overlook the strength. When you're under pressure, you have a tendency to look at how hard you're sweating and not recognize the strength that's right there for you. It's not in the three guys that are with you, though, because they're not your source. See, a lot of us are frustrated, and we're losing confidence because the people we have with us, it seems like they're not helping. Matter of fact, it seems like they're actually kind of heavy. It seems like, like all they think about is their stuff, and they don't realize that I'm going through stuff over here. Yeah, but they're not your source. They're not your source. And a lot of times, the people who are with you are actually there for you to demonstrate to them how to deal with their stuff. And you're using your life as an example. Because listen, I know that everybody's dealing with pressure. Okay? I know that every family in here is being bombarded with situations and circumstances and it seems like it's out of your control. But if he's your source, if he's your strength, if if, if, if if he is the one you put your confidence in, then what's next is resurrection life. Right? Then what's next, the enemy can't take it out. It's like, the th remember the guys, uh, the three Hebrew children going into a fiery furnace? Remember what they said to the king? They said, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't even need to, you know, like have a little powwow meeting. We don't even need to get counsel to figure out how to answer you. Here's what we believe. We believe God's able to deliver us. Number two, we believe God's going to deliver us. But number three, even if he don't, we're not doing what you say because our confidence isn't in you. Our confidence is in him. And if you'll build your confidence, you can't be separated from what's next. Hello, somebody? Come on. Don't get separated from what's next. Build 
your confidence. Amen? God, I think we ought to give God one more round of applause. Thank you. Thank you, God. You're, you're leading us, you're guiding us, and you're strengthening us. Thank you, Lord. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes, and, and, and uh, I, we're all going to pray a prayer together. And it, it, Listen, if you're in this room and, and your life has, has not been, man, it's just been your life, and you, you need to have the confidence in him that, that, man, my life is, I am in Christ. It's not me anymore, but it's, it, it's, it's the life of Christ being lived through me. And, and I, I just want to dedicate my life to Jesus today. Maybe you've never made that prayer. Maybe you prayed it a hundred times, but something has separated you and God. How about today we make this very, very personal? How about today we get, we get our heart right with God and we reconnect to him as our true source. If you're here while, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're not going to have you stand, won't call you out. But if you're here today and say, you know what, Pastor Tom, I'm making this prayer my prayer. I'm going to get my life right with Jesus today. I, I, I'm under pressure, but I know that if I have this God in my life, if I get real with God, God's going to get real with me. And I'm going to, man, this is just going to be me and Jesus praying. Everybody's praying together, but you know, I'm just going to pray like it's me and him. If that's you, I just want to agree with you in prayer. Hold your hand up really high real quick thank you 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 it's awesome it's awesome I want everybody in here just pray this just say dear Heavenly Father I know I need you I need your love I need your acceptance I need your forgiveness come into my life and change me change me from the inside out give me hope give me strength give me vision I choose to live for you every day of my life. I'm not waiting. I'm starting right now. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for what's next. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, everybody. Give God one more big shout, one more big praise. Come on, get loud. Give God a good shout.